This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.ons.ie Now, at the start of the programme, I was talking about remote working. Now, little over a year ago, remote working and all that virtual working and all that stuff was, uh, you know, not really familiar. A few people uh, did it, but it wasn't the norm. It is now huge swathes of the economy are working from kitchen tables, spare bedrooms, studies, you name it. And so we thought it'd be a good idea to have a look at uh, all the do's and don'ts and hints and how you can actually work better from home. So we asked Claire McInerney Brown to have a look at literature and tips and so on. And Claire joins me on the phone to talk about how to make your remote working better. Good morning, Claire. Good morning, John. Yeah, so you've been kind of looking around uh, different journals, articles, magazines and so on uh, to come up with tips for people. Tell us, start with mindset. You know, it is a different shift in mindset from leaving home and closing the front door and going off to the office or whatever to actually going upstairs to the spare bedroom. What should people do to get it right? Yes, John, it, it really is. We're in a completely different uh, working environment than we were just a year ago. Um, and so uh, my advice really is to have your mindset correct for working at home. And really that starts in the morning from the minute your feet hit the floor when you're getting up from your bed. Because the interesting thing is um, that if you dress your bed in the morning, your, your mindset is actually tuned for the entire day. So you start from the very moment that you wake up. And there's a very interesting commencement speech that was given by an admiral in the Navy in the United States, Admiral William McRaven. And he gave a commencement speech at the University of Texas. And one of his main points were to dress your bed in the morning. And by dressing your bed, you're actually formatting your brain for what's ahead of you. So you've accomplished your first task no sooner than you've actually gotten out of bed. And what about dressing yourself then for working at home? Is it a tracksuit and kind of slobbing around the place at a Zoom meeting with a shirt and pyjama bottoms and a pair of slippers? Or what's the way to go, Bennett? I know, and we've all seen the we've all seen the little clips that have gone viral with somebody dressed on, uh, you know, on their their top half, but yet on their bottom half they still have their pajamas on. So really, get up, get dressed, get washed. Um, you know, dress yourself in the clothes that you would actually wear. Uh, to work because then you're actually also changing your mindset and you really are thinking about work and you're thinking you know your your entire brain is focused on what you have to do for that day so organize yourself organize your day and if it's a monday or better still the previous friday organize your entire next week um, and create a time schedule for your day and actually stick to it. Mm. And what about uh, office equipment and all that kind of stuff? M- many people, you know, I've heard of people, seen pictures of people lying on their bed when they're on f- these famous Zoom calls and so on. Should people have desks? I heard stand-up desks, for example, were proven quite popular because people can walk around on their phone and all that and get exercise while they're at it. I know, it's true. But, you know, really people should try not to work at their kitchen table and, you know, and also, let's, as you say, with everything sprawled out pr- across their bed. Um, so investing in an office desk and a, a correct office chair is actually, it's actually a wise investment. Um, but what has emerged during the pandemic is that a lot of people have back issues, etc. So stand-up desks have seen a meteoric rise in popularity. And if you really can't afford a stand-up desk, you can improvise by using the ironing board. 
Um, and so you just ratchet up to the, the top level. And if it's still not high enough for you, just prop up a few books on top and put your laptop on, on top of that again. Um, it just gives you that bit of relief from constantly sitting so that you can still continue with your work and uh, you're actually standing up for a while. Yeah, what about the whole thing of actually getting work done, though? Because, like, working from home, there's so many more distractions. Um, there can be interruptions, people, um, you know, homeschooling children and so on. People find it hard to manage their time. Talk to us about the whole thing of effectiveness and, and effectively working properly from home. Yeah, procrastination, really, it's actually a huge issue with people working from home because, you know, they they have all of the time in the world or so it seems, you know, at times, even if they have children at home. So there's no traditional start or finish to their day. So what I would advocate is to do the harder tasks first in the morning. And if you, you know, because they seem more daunting as the day goes on. But even if you have difficulty in getting those harder tasks tasks done. Um, A couple of time management techniques may come in handy. Uh, So one really good one is actually the the Pomodoro technique and this comes to us from Italy um, Pomodoro meaning tomato and it started with uh, a gentleman called Francesco Cirillo who had a tomato shaped timer on his desk and he set that timer for 25 minutes um, working intervals and, and would work solidly for the 25 minutes and then take a three minute break And during that three-minute break, the best thing that you can do is get up and move. Because as humans, we're not designed to sit all of the time. Um, And so get up and move. It's just a three-minute break. It's not really long enough to have a a cup of coffee or anything like that. But set your timer and do three 25-minute sessions and then allow yourself a 15-minute break. So a Mm. slightly longer break for you to get that cup of tea, uh, nip to the toilet or, you know, a quick phone call from somebody. But you really need to work it up to four 25-minute intervals before you reward yourself with a much bigger break. So maybe working towards lunchtime um, or something substantially bigger to give your brain a rest. And then in the afternoon, you, you start from square one again at, with your Pomodoro technique and you start again with the first 25-minute interval. So it can help people who aren't really used to um, effective time management and they have shorter tasks so that they can efficiently get something done within a 25-minute period. Okay, Claire. Um, stay with us. Speaking of time management, I've got to uh, take a quick commercial break and uh, we'll be back to talk about more tips on how to maximise the effectiveness of your remote working. KCLR. The heart of two counties. John Purcell with you on the bottom line until 10 o'clock. We're talking about how to maximise the effectiveness of your home working. Uh, Claire McInerney-Brown with me on the line. Um, uh, Claire, we were talking about time management, but um, another whole issue is how people's working relationships have changed in terms of, you know, just as much as people used to be able to walk around the office and get a bit of uh, exercise, now they might find themselves stuck in a spare bedroom. They used to be meeting colleagues every day of the week and now they're kind of isolated that that brings up the issue of loneliness um but also the whole relationship issues that's true that's very true john you know because loneliness really affects everybody at the moment so it affects people who are working from home it certainly affects people who are cocooned etc so you know whether it affects people on a daily basis or whether it hits people now and again it is actually an issue of the pandemic and it's an issue that we've seen you know right right across you know all of society But what I would advocate uh, for people to do in the working environment um, or the virtual working environment is to take a virtual coffee break and to schedule one perhaps every Friday morning 
um, where they know that they can jump on a, a Teams call or a Zoom or a Google Meet with their colleagues. And, uh, you know, it's time to de-stress with the people that you would be working with if you had the normal office environment. Uh, some of those people you may not have had the opportunity to converse with during the week, but yet you could catch up with them on, on a coffee break mm. um, on a Friday. So if it's something that's actually in the diary, it's there. Um, you can jump on it if you're, if you're free, if you don't have any scheduling conflicts. Um, but it's consistent and it's there every single Friday and it just gives... Um, I suppose it allows you to see people in a different way, somebody you might have had a run-in with during the week or something like that. And what about the run-in thing there, Claire? How do people deal with that remotely? Because normally you could have a, you know, people can stick their head around the office door and all that. How can you do it remotely? true. Yeah, because remote conflict actually is something that um, is probably more apparent now in the pandemic because you don't have the social cues that you normally would have in the office environment. You know, you can swing by somebody's desk and see would they be receptive to you saying something to them or asking for something or you know you've got your water cooler moments where you're having a glass of water with um, with a work colleague and you might take your opportunity there to ask for something or even at the coffee dock but you know you don't have those interactions anymore so you can't judge somebody's facial expressions their body language if you're not meeting them as you pass them in the corridor yeah. um, and so you you know people are misinterpreting um, you know a lot of things that are happening maybe on email um, and they're you, you know they're looking for details of negative intention okay you well know, finally Claire we're that? running out of time and sorry to cut mm. across you but okay. Zoom is ever present um, you were telling me you came across some really interesting stuff about Zoom tell us quickly about that yeah, so uh, Jeremy Balenson, he's a professor of communication and he's a founding director of the Stanford Virtual Human Interaction Lab. So he's been studying Zoom and most in, in particular, he's been studying Zoom fatigue. Um, and the reason that he has found through his studies, which are peer reviewed, by the way, um, is that it's the excessive amount of close up eye gaze that we have when we're talking to people on, on Zoom. So we are now talking to people and far closer up to their faces than we would be if we met them in an office situation or in a boardroom across the table. And this is usually reserved for close relationships with a loved one. And now suddenly this is how we're interacting with casual acquaintances, co-workers and actually even strangers. So, John, there could be a lot of love out there after this pandemic because we could be, um, you know, very much thinking that the person who might have been cantankerous in the office is looking awfully good on Zoom. Wow. Well, I won't go there and we don't have time because we're out of time, but maybe we'll continue that particular uh, theme again. Uh, look into my eyes or maybe just reduce the screen and don't look at it at all and just listen to the person's <laughs> voice. We leave it there, Claire. Uh, thanks very Absolutely. much for that. That's Claire Mac and Ernie Brown. Thank you, Claire. Thank um, you, John. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie